Welcome to Insurance Made Simple, Episode 2. I'm your host, Peter Vitale. Thank you for joining me today. And uh, today we're going to talk about, on this episode, why I felt this podcast was something I needed to do as an insurance professional, someone who's been involved in this industry uh, for the last, well, over the last decade. I look forward to discussing a lot of information with you today. Uh, Before I do that, I want to ask you, uh, if you're enjoying this podcast, please do like and subscribe to it. Uh, And also, there's a link for anyone who lives in the state of Michigan. If you're looking for an insurance quote, please do click the link in the uh, podcast description, and we'd be happy to take a look at your insurance and offer you any advice. If we can save you some money uh, on some better coverage, we'd love that. Uh, But if not, that's okay too. We're willing to just take a few minutes, review your policies, give you any recommendations that we might have. If you live outside of the state of Michigan, as a quick disclaimer, this is not a solicitation uh, to buy insurance. But if you do live in Michigan, please do so. Now, before I get into exactly what I want to talk about, kind of in a nice order, I don't want to bury the lead here because this is the most important thing that I'm going to talk about right now on this podcast of why this podcast is necessary. And I'm quoting from a New York Post article from February the 12th, 2022. And it says, according to a recent study from The Zebra, just 21% of drivers would get a passing grade, which is a D plus or higher, they say, when it comes to auto insurance comprehension. And then this is the most important part. Robert Colt, a longtime advertising professor at Michigan State University, says this about insurance companies. They think their customers are stupid, and stupid customers are easier to deceive when it comes to reading the fine print of insurance contracts. Ladies and gentlemen, that is why I'm here. That's why I'm doing this. Exactly what Professor Colt just said. They think their customers are stupid. And stupid customers are easier to deceive when it comes to reading the fine print of insurance contracts. Now, this is not, you know, an unsophisticated person. This isn't me saying it. This is a professor, an advertising professor at Michigan State University saying it. And as you know, I'm here in Michigan, uh, and uh, this is a New York Post article, but they quoted uh, someone here from uh, Michigan State University's advertising department about it. So what brought me here is really uh, this New York Post article is fantastic, and I'd encourage you guys uh, to take a look at it. We'll try and put a link to it out in uh, the podcast description as well. But the title of the article is Why We Keep Seeing So Many Insurance Ads as ads for beer have disappeared. And this is referencing the Super Bowl, which was last week. And uh, it's a great article. And it it talks about – I'm going to read a little bit from the article to you today because I think this article – is so important, and we're going to dive into the study from the Zebra that talks about you know the average American's comprehension of uh, auto insurance and other insurance products. And what I hope to accomplish as this podcast develops is making you more informed to make better educated decisions, spend your money wisely on insurance products that actually work, and kind of show you and differentiate between the different kinds of products that are available in the marketplace. So, quoting again from the New York Post article, whether it's Jake from State Farm, Flo from Progressive, the uh, Geico Gecko, Limu and Emu, and his sidekick Doug from Liberty Mutual, insurance commercials have become the dominant form of advertising in modern America. In 2021, roughly 
15,560 beer commercials aired on television compared to a staggering 104,270 insurance ads. Across the big four broadcast networks, as well as ESPN, CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News, insurance ads jumped from 71,000 minutes of commercial airings in 2016 to 109,297 minutes in 2021. That is a 52.3% increase. Ladies and gentlemen, You can't turn on your TV without seeing insurance advertising. We all know that. We see it, and we see these cast of characters like Flo from Progressive and Geico the Gecko and the Emu from Liberty Mutual. We see this stuff all the time. We can't turn on the TV without seeing it. And uh, (laughs) going back to a quote from the article and Professor Colt, it says, the insurance ads, all of them are terrible. He's obviously not a fan. I think some of them are pretty good. I think that they obviously, you know, insurance companies aren't spending nearly a billion bucks a piece on advertising uh, for commercials that don't resonate. Uh, Maybe he's just not a fan. Maybe he's not the target uh, demographic of the insurance companies uh, going uh, and, you know, doing market research to who the ads will really uh, resonate with. Uh, But he says, and quoting again from the article, no consumer really cares about insurance companies or their ducks or their emus or their geckos. Very interesting. Do we really care about the insurance companies? I don't know. I don't think that most people do, but I think it builds a brand recognition, and that's exactly what these companies are looking to do. They're looking to build their brand. When you think auto insurance, Progressive, State Farm, Allstate, uh, Liberty Mutual, they want you to think of their name first. Kind of like the same way, you know, that building that same brand recognition that, you know, Coke or Pepsi does. Uh, And the article says that too, and I'll quote from the article again, name recognition is the ultimate goal of these ads. In some cases, there's something that home viewers can't even purchase. What would that be? That would be something like uh, Aflac insurance where it's impossible. You can't just go buy an Aflac policy yourself. It's got to be something signed up through a group plan with your employer uh, and your employer purchases it uh, for you. So that's interesting. It's just all about brand recognition and name recognition. And uh, I'll quote again from the article here because I think this is another really important piece is despite the sheer volume of ads – People know less than ever about how insurance actually works. According to a 2021 study from Bend Financial, 56% of Americans feel completely lost when it comes to understanding how to pick health insurance. And in a recent survey from the Zebra, just 21% of drivers would get a passing grade, a D plus or higher, when it comes to auto insurance comprehension. And That's worth repeating again. I know I said it a few minutes ago, but that's worth repeating again because the vast majority of people could not get a higher than a D plus on auto insurance comprehension. And I mean, this is something you're legally required to carry. How do we not understand this? And I would simply tell you this. My theory of the case here is we don't understand insurance coverage because the insurance companies don't want us to understand insurance coverage. And why don't they want us to understand it? Very easy. Just like Professor Cole talked about, it's the fine print of the contracts. What are they really doing? What coverage is really there? What coverage really isn't there? And is that something that they want you to know? Or do they just want you to know five minutes or faster gets you an auto insurance quote online? 
That's what they really want you to know. But insurance advertising has obviously been very effective for the insurance companies. And quoting again from the article, before Geico introduced uh, their first Gecko ad 20 years ago, they were the eighth largest auto insurer in the United States. Today, after over 150 commercials, so there's 150 distinct commercials featuring the Lizard, they're the second largest auto insurer behind only State Farm. So it's obviously worked. The advertising strategies worked well for them, but is this something that makes sense for the consumer? And obviously it doesn't because I dug into, and there's a link in the uh, New York Post article to the zebra study that they reference, and I link to that study as well. And uh, it's fascinating. I really dug deep into this study. And first of all, what the heck is the zebra? I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's a strange name or, you know, it's it's... We don't even know what it is, but the Zebra is the nation's leading auto insurance search engine and marketplace. So this is, you know, obviously it's not some fly-by-night organization. They're the nation's leading auto insurance search engine. So they have some credibility and they, you know, do these studies uh, very regularly. They provide pricing studies. They provide all kinds of information about auto insurance and health insurance and different types of insurance. So it's a reputable source. They have some key findings in their study, and I'm not going to read each one of them, but I think several of them are very interesting and potentially very important. The first one is U.S. auto insurance consumers are overconfident and underinformed about insurance coverage. So people think they know a lot more than they actually know about insurance coverage. That's a deadly or dangerous combination, in my opinion. When you think you know something and then it turns out to be totally different, uh, after you get into an accident or after your house burns down, that's not the time you want to know. That's the time you need insurance. That's the time where you know, you've been paying all these years premium and now you need to know the coverage is there. You need to know these things, folks, before there's a loss because if not, it could have catastrophic consequences, catastrophic financial consequences for you and your family. So it's important that we change this first bullet point in the survey from overconfident and underinformed to overinformed and underconfident, maybe, maybe being a little skeptical all the time. I think that'd be a good thing. Another key finding here is, you know, few respondents are able to correctly identify the majority of listed auto rating factors. For example, 23% of the respondents think the color of their car affects the insurance rate. This is a huge misconception. I hear people tell me about this all the time. You know, people think gray cars or, you know, may get into a, more accidents because they're harder to see or, you know, red cars might be rated higher because, you know, people might be driving them faster. I've yet to see one state where car color is a rating factor. Uh, it certainly, it just doesn't exist. Um, the study goes on to talk about, you know, not being able to identify common coverages, you know, what is comprehensive coverage or, or terms like what is a deductible. Nearly half said they want to better understand what impacts their rates. So that's good. So people want to know, but they don't. They don't actually know. And that's the point of this podcast. We want to give you the inside information. We want to give you the details in an easy to understand way because folks want to understand what affects their rates and what affects their coverage, but they don't have easy access to that information. And that's because the insurance companies don't want you to have easy access to the information. They want to make it quick and easy, 30-second ad spots they can air in the Super Bowl to make you remember their name 
and then that's the one you buy. That might not be the best policy. That might not be the cheapest policy. That might not be the policy where you, you know, there's the best value for your dollar spent. And that's why this podcast is important because we're going to talk about these things in great detail, episode by episode. I think one of the findings, and I mean, I think this is like a 50 or 60 page report that the Zebra put out. It's a great report. Um, One of the key findings is, while 81.3% of the respondents want to lower their car insurance rate, 44.7% say they don't know how to do so, and 358 think there's no way to do so. Folks, this is what we're going to talk about, and this is why I want you to keep listening and like and subscribe to this podcast because it's important because people want to know how to do this. No one's telling them. If there were 15 or 20 or 30 other podcasts already talking about these ideas, I wouldn't waste my time recording this. I would tell you where to go to find those, but they don't exist because the insurance companies don't want you to know. And to be honest with you, most insurance agents that want to help you navigate the company are very busy helping their existing clients and don't have time to you know, educate the masses. But that's what I want to do because I want to change the way this industry is. It needs to be more transparent. There needs to be more transparency in the rating factors. We're going to talk about credit scoring and insurance and how kind of crazy that system's evolved too since probably the, I think, 1990 or 1991 when that that first came out. And that'll probably be a whole two or three episodes where we just talk about that one topic. But the key finding here is people want to know more about this, but where's the information? That's why I'm doing this. More interesting parts about uh, what's been going on in this Zebra study is which of the following factors about you affect your car insurance rates? And 34% of the respondents said your abilities or disabilities like vision, mobility, et cetera, is a rating factor about you that would apply. Folks, that's not the case at all. That's very illegal and that would never. So there's a lot of misinformation out there. Uh, 22.5% of people said your income is a factor, which it's not. Again, highly illegal in most states. Can't use that. 40.7% did say your credit score. And we know that credit scoring is legal in virtually every state in the United States, except California, outlawed it many years ago. Uh, The insurance commissioner in Washington state is fighting hard to get it banned. There's great insurance companies like Root Insurance out there that's fighting to drop the score. So take a look, you know, if you're, you're on LinkedIn or Instagram or any social media, look at the hashtag drop the score. You'll see a bunch of stuff from Root Insurance. But the vast majority of states allow it. In fact, in Michigan, they passed this historic auto reform. That's what they called it anyways. I don't know if I'd call it that. But uh, they uh, passed, uh, the legislature passed this, the governor signed it. You know, to be honest with you, in my opinion, I think the insurance industry wrote the law. (laughs) Um, I don't think um, the legislature actually did because it was very favorable. And they said, no, 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 we're not going to use your credit score um, to rate auto insurance anymore. And, you know, the governor was out on TV. The legislators who who wrote uh, the bill or supported the bill were out on TV saying this and the newspaper saying this. And folks – That was nonsense because what actually happened was in the law, the way that it's written, it says you can't use a FICO score. Well, nobody used a FICO score to rate auto insurance policies to begin with, okay? And there was an article a few days ago in the Detroit Free Press, and and they said the way this has happened because – I guess I'll say this first. You can use still information from your credit report 
to rate insurance factors. So you can't use the score, but you can use information. So what the insurance companies do is they pull your credit report, they dissect it and figure out how to create their own proprietary score that isn't a FICO score or use a company like TransUnion's auto insurance scoring program. And they can still use that. That's perfectly legal. So when the bill in Michigan says we can't use your credit score anymore, which really means FICO score when you actually read the bill, but they can use information from your credit report, that is a distinction without a difference. That doesn't actually do anything. That just let politicians go out there and say how great they did because they can't use credit score, but in in practice, it changed nothing. So I'm surprised 40% of the respondents of the Zebra survey even knew that credit scoring was a factor. So that's good. But heck, 60-some percent of people didn't know it was a factor. That's a majority. So credit scoring is huge and probably is one of the biggest rating factors in a lot of insurance policies uh, in this country. We're going to talk about that in several episodes uh, because it's such an important topic. It relates to social equity and many, many things because it's very important. And I guess I'll just leave it at that because I want to talk and spend a lot of time about that in future episodes. The zebra survey goes on and on and on to talk about things. And I think that uh, another one of the key findings here is, in quoting from the report, the majority of people do not know what affects their rates. They don't know that these things affect their rates, credit score, marital status, gender, home ownership status, highest level of education, occupation, and location. Here's another interesting fact from my experience is – Who would think that their motor vehicle record, whether you got a ticket or an accident, affects your homeowner's insurance rate as a homeowner? No one would link that together. No one would say, my auto driving record is impacting my home insurance rate. Well, folks, it does. It does. And the insurance companies would tell you that, you know, statistically, people who don't have tickets or accidents are more responsible. And those more responsible people tend to take better care of their house. And if you better maintain your house, there's less damage likely to happen when a loss occurs. So there's so much information. And these these rating policies have become so complex that it's necessary for education of the consumer. And again, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but that's why the insurance companies are spending billions of dollars on advertising because they want you to think about insurance in simple, easy terms. They don't want you to dig into the policies. Imagine these companies are spending almost a billion dollars each, the big companies, Progressive, Allstate, State Farm, almost a billion dollars each per year on advertising. And in a couple of weeks, we'll know what those actual numbers are for 2021, and we'll dive deep into those. Another question in the Zebra survey was, what covers the replacement of your vehicle if it's stolen? 43.7% of people said full coverage. Full coverage is not a coverage on an auto insurance policy. If you read your auto insurance policy declarations page and the accompanying contract, which is usually many, 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 many pages, you will never find the term full coverage there. That term does not exist. It's a popular term, I'll give you that, because it dumbs things down and it doesn't actually tell you what's going on, which is what the insurance industry likes to do sometimes, what's actually the name of the coverage is comprehensive coverage. 
So if you say to an insurance agent, I want full coverage, what does that mean? What that means to you and what that means to your agent are probably two different things. Maybe you would expect car rental coverage to be part of full coverage. Maybe your agent doesn't think that's part of full coverage. Maybe he just or she just thinks that collision or comprehensive is full coverage. It's important because the words matter, and we should be talking about the words as they actually exist in the legal contract. You're entering into a legal contract with your insurance company, and it's complex, and you know it's been written and rewritten based on their experience in covering losses by some of the best attorneys in the world. And you're an average American consumer. You're not having a lawyer look at this contract, and even if you did, the insurance company's not going to change it. But we should be talking about coverage terms as they exist in the policy contract. So full coverage, it's a popular term, but when you're talking to your insurance professional, if they're using the term full coverage, I would say find a new insurance professional, honestly, because that's not a good term for an insurance professional to be using. If a client says to me, Peter, I want full coverage. I said, okay, what is full coverage? And they usually go, well, it's full coverage. Okay, does that include towing? Does that include collision? Does it include, in Michigan, we have three different types of collision, broad, standard, and limited. Which type of collision is in full coverage? I like to get into the details, and that's why customers respect that because I treat them as if they are smart and can understand this. This isn't hard to understand. I'm not a genius. You know, when it comes to insurance, I've been doing it a while. I know a lot about it, but I'm not a genius. I just have spent time learning the material and I want to help educate clients and I want to help educate the general public about this because it's so important. So if your insurance professional is using the words full coverage, find a new insurance professional because It means different things to different people. And the last thing that I'm going to leave you guys with today is shopping for insurance isn't fun. I get that. I love it because I'm an insurance professional and this is what I do for a living. But I get that you don't love it. And so I will say that in in ranking which activities find – people find most or least appealing. 77% of people would prefer to clean their house than shop for insurance. 43% would rather do their taxes than shop for insurance. 39% would rather go to the DMV, or as in Michigan, we call it the Secretary of State. Uh, 39% of people would rather do that than shop for car insurance. 33% of people would prefer to serve on jury duty uh, than shop for car insurance. And 16% of people would rather get a root canal than shop for auto insurance. I've never had a root canal. It doesn't sound fun. Uh, It sounds rather painful. So I guess those 16% are tough people, but that goes to show you something. People don't like doing this. And why do they not like doing it? Usually because they're confused in the process and no one's taking the time to explain to them what they need to know. I tell our clients all the time, I like to make sure that you're making decisions based on the best information that we have available because I like to sleep easy at night. I don't want to be thinking, oh, what happens if the Smith's house burns down? You know, the replacement cost on it isn't enough. Or what happens to so-and-so if their unlisted teen driver gets in an accident and we didn't put their name properly on the policy? I like to sleep easy. I like to make sure all these details are worked out so that if you're paying money for insurance, it's going to cover you if something bad happens. If not, what the heck's the point of paying for insurance? If it's not going to cover what you need, why waste your money on it? So we're going to talk about these things. They're obviously important. People obviously feel the need that they want to know and understand insurance. They just 
can't get the information. The insurance companies aren't going to help you because they may not want you to know a bunch of things that are stuck in the fine print. But that's what we're going to do on this podcast. So I appreciate you taking the time to listen. I'd ask you to like and subscribe to the podcast if you're enjoying it. And if you think that you fall into this category of people who want to know more but don't have access to the information because the upcoming episodes are really going to be fantastic and breaking this stuff down. Also, if you're in Michigan, remember, there's that link in the uh, podcast description where you can get an insurance quote. And remember that we're going to link to that New York Post article. There's also a link to the Zebra uh, study that uh, I quoted a lot from. So you can read that in full. It's many, many, many pages. I thank you again for listening. I hope you found this informative. I hope you continue to listen to the podcast because we're really going to break this down and give you the insurance information, not only that you need, but that you deserve as a consumer who's putting your hard-earned money into insurance premiums. This isn't just information that you may need or want. This is information that you deserve, and we should be demanding that insurance agents in the insurance industry provide you with more accurate and thorough information, and that's the goal this podcast. I'll talk to you on the next episode. 